It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, let's talk about the fallout to the biggest rumor around the Thunder. What if they did move from two to four? What would happen on draft night? What would happen in the offseason? What would the fit be like on the floor? And what would you, the fans, have to deal with this offseason if the move is made? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the fallout of trading the second overall pick to the Kings. Who would be the pick at four? Who should be the picket for the pros and cons of doing this trade, what the package looks like and what the fallout would be both on the floor in terms of the basketball fit and off the floor in terms of the rebuild and backlash from a move like this. Thank you for making lockdown thunder. Your first listen every single morning. We're here for you talking thunder basketball. We have a jam packed week and go back and listen to it. Yesterday we had uh, Richard Stamen on the podcast talking about the draft combine risers and fallers the whispers around what could happen and his intel after the combine earlier this week, we talked about Chet Holmgren. We've talked about what to do at pick two, 12, 30, 34 this week. Now uh, we have a podcast for every single day this week. Go back and listen. And then tomorrow's show, very special show tomorrow. We have Antonio Daniels, a 12 year NBA vet top four pick in his class. And of course you'll know him from being uh, the thunder pre and post game host, uh, for many years before going to New Orleans and being their color commentator. And you also remember him 
from his crusades for Russell Westbrook on the Colin Cowherd show. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Subscribe for free across all platforms. Every episode's totally free. Subscribe so you don't miss them. We have so much content coming for you. This can be so fun to create and post. I don't want you to miss it. So subscribe for free across all platforms. So let's first introduce this rumor. Where did this all start? Well, on Saturday, Henry Abbott, who's a national NBA reporter, has a newsletter. Uh, I believe it's called True Hoop Newsletter on Substack. He talked about whispers of the Kings trading up to pick Chet Holmgren at two and the Thunder going back to pick four. And I pointed out how, you know, even though he's a national reporter, there were some red flags with the report. He didn't actually say, you know, sources, the Kings are going to move up to two and, and get Chet Holmgren. He kind of said there's loose speculation, loose talks about the Kings moving up to get a second overall pick. And he didn't tweet it to his 100 plus thousand followers. He hid it in his tweets and replies to a, a Thunder fan and replying to a th- Thunder fan being excited about Chet Holmgren. Uh, that was kind of the red flag to me of if this was info that he felt was on solid footing, he would have blasted it out there to everyone uh, to, to see on his Twitter feed. So that was the first red flag. But then this rumor gained even more steam. Because this week on the Kings Insider podcast, James Ham, uh, James Ham came on the podcast and he said, there's rumors there. There's rumors that the Kings have already moved up to number two. That was his full quote. Quote, there's rumors there. There's rumors that the Kings have already moved up to the number two overall pick. End quote. That, that was just the whole thing. And rumors with Sam Presti can go either way. I will say, as I called out the red flags in the Abbott report, if you want to call it a report, I got to call out the green flags in the James Ham report. James Ham's a very respected Kings insider. This is big to put your name on. There's already a trade done. That that's what you're hearing, that there's already a trade done. That's big time, especially for somebody who already has a massive Kings following, might be the biggest Kings media person out there. That's big time. But again, Sam Presti rumors can go either way. If you like what you're hearing, like what we heard from ESPN this week, that the Thunder love Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren loves the marriage with the Thunder, and it's all hunky-dory at pick two, then all of a sudden you believe it full force. If you don't like the rumors, then all of a sudden Sam Presti's a big mystery and we never hear what's happening. It can be simply defined as what's happened these last couple of years. If you don't like what you're hearing about the Thunder's possibilities on draft night, then you hold up James Book Knight and say, oh, look at this. Look at this. The picture's pre-draft. The the, the dinner with the ownership group in Sam Presley that was, that was pictured downtown OKC. Look at this. That was the big smoke screen. We all thought it'd be James Book Knight. Then, boom, it was Josh Giddy. And then if you like what you're hearing on the rumor side, you say, oh, look, though, Pokashevsky. We knew about Poku months beforehand. We knew that they loved Poku. They loved him so much, they let the cat so much out of the bag that Dallas baited them into trading up in the draft. Look at Poku. So Sam Presti just has this facade, this narrative about him that it can go either way. Because he is a mystery. And you never know what's true or fake. It could be true. Could be fake. Now, more often than not, what's the answer? Is it true or fake? Yeah, more often than not, it is fake. But it's important to say what we're worried about in these reports and what we're not worried about. And I'm worried about the fact that you know Abbott had such loose wording and didn't really blast it out to everyone that he that, that follows him. But I'm also 
going to say with Ham, that's a big swing for somebody who's already solidified as a Kings top media member. So what does this mean right now? Right now, it means nothing. A month from the draft, you're going to hear about every possibility under the sun. You're going to hear the Thunder love this player, like this player, hate this player, wouldn't touch that player, wants to trade this pick, doesn't want to trade that pick. You're going to hear about everything. It's important to note also that deals fall through all the time. Even the Kings in the last 12 months had a deal fall through. It was a done deal that Buddy Heald was going to the Lakers. Within 15 minutes, it fell through, and all of a sudden it was Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers. So deals fall through all the time, especially when they've got a month to survive. This deal has to stay alive for an entire month. This could easily be a smokescreen. This could easily be not not real, not legitimate. But I want to use today's podcast, and this is the luxury of having an everyday podcast. I want to use today's podcast to dive into the what-ifs. What happens if the Thunder do trade the second pick to the Kings and get the fourth pick? What does the trade package look like? What's the fallout from next year's team if this happens? What players should it be? How they fit together with this current team? What's the fallout of the future of this rebuild if this happens? And then what's the perception around OKC and nationally if this happens? So we're going to start with what this trade package would look like. Because I feel like there's kind of a misunderstanding or an idea out there that the that the Thunder can just simply fleece the Kings because the Thunder have a better GM and a better reputation than Sacramento. But I want to go through and look at what these trades have typically looked like in the past and break down and settle on what we think the trade would look like. And then based off that hypothetical trade, what would then happen for the future of the Thunder organization? We're going to do all of that coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com, folks. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need, including something as easy as windshield wipers. And it's something as difficult as spark plugs or brake pads or tail lamps or motor oil or whatever you need. Even the new carpet you can find at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, but I don't have to know anything about cars. I'm behind a screen, so they're not going to upcharge me. For all they know, I'm a mechanic. I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I'm somebody who's in the know with cars, so they're not going to try to upcharge me. Whereas if I go to an actual physical store, They're going to look at me. They're going to know I'm a sucker. They're going to try to sell me windshield wipers for $100. I'm going to say thank you, pay them, and leave. I'm not going to be taken advantage of at rockauto.com, and that's why I feel safe going there. Rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the how did you hear about a box, and they'll look through from there. Rockauto.com. You know where to find them. Rockauto.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices on the parts you currently need. Rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you subscribe for free across all podcasts, platforms, and YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, comment, like, all that good stuff. It's all free. And then make sure you go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. The Locked On NBA Big Board podcast is hosted by Rafael Barlow, an NBA draft expert who has so many great reports out there right now on Twitter and on the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast, author of the NBA Big Board uh, newsletter, joined by our friend Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on Twitter, who joins us every single week, also joins them every single week, Sam Ferris, Leaf the Neil, and so many more, giving you an in-depth look on the NBA Draft with mock drafts, player rankings, and, of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast from. So let's dive into this trade idea, right? What would happen? What would be the fallout? And to get to that fallout, we have to know what the trade even looks like. So let's just say, okay, the baseline is the Thunder trade pick two for four. That's the baseline. That has to happen. So the Thunder move pick two, Kings move pick four, they swap. The Kings are in win now mode. And win now looks different for every organization. For the Thunder, they don't want to hit win now mode until they're championship ready. For the Kings on their long playoff drought, they want to hit win now mode right now. And for them, win now mode means get to the play-in. Get to the playoffs. That's it. But they're not going to move off of any current NBA players that they have on their roster that they like because they're in win-now mode. And the Thunder, I've made it known, they don't want to take on money past this year. They want to have a clean, a relatively clean, as clean as possible cap sheet heading into 2023 after the new CBA uh, and then whenever the team's more of a position to go win. So there's not a lot there in terms of current NBA players for the Kings to give up. And history tells us a swap like this is only worth an additional first. So let's just say the Kings go ahead and say, you know what, we'll swap these two picks and then we're going to give you the 2023 unprotected pick because we think that we'll be a play-in team at worst and we're in win-now mode, so we're going to give that pick up. Of course, this would mean that Sam Presti's guy is there at four. Sam Presti is not making this trade back unless his player is there that he thinks is the best in the draft. That's not some revelatory comment, right? So if you're tweeting that out and putting that in comment sections, that, that's that's just no, right? Everyone knows that. You don't make a trade like this unless your guy is there. So whoever San Francisco picks at four, he's obviously his guy. And the Kings know that too. And the Kings are moving up to two to get their guy. So nobody really has leverage here. The Kings understand you don't want to get your guy at two because that's a reach. So we're not going to overpay so you can go get your guy. Either take your guy at two or come down here for an additional first-round pick and get your guy. There's no leverage here. There really isn't. Because for the Kings, if they thought they'd move up to the two to get their guy, but the Thunder's guy isn't their guy, they can just say, take take your guy at two then. I dare you. I dare you to take Jaden Ivey at two. I dare you to take Shane Sharp at two. And then we'll work with the Rockets. And then it comes down to either the Rockets won't move with us and they take Chet and we get Paolo, or the Rockets stay firm with their love of Paolo and we get Chet anyway. So there's not really as much leverage as you might think in terms of the Kings moving up from four to two. We have no reason to believe that Sam Presti, for as, ma- for as magical as he is and a great gym that he is, can get more than an additional first-round pick. 
outside of the fact of, oh, King, Kings are bad. The Kings are a bad team. So they're obviously just going to willingly give up 24 strong picks. No, right? Even moving up from that, even moving off of the top overall pick to move from number one overall to pick three was only worth an additional first round pick in the Jason Tatum deal. The, the Hawks moving down to get Trey Young because they thought that Trey Young at that slot would be a reach, but he was their guy. And the Mavs desperately wanted Trey Young. It was worth a future first round pick, which turned out to be Cam Reddish. A future first round pick turned out to be Romeo Langford. So this is really all just to get your guy to slot that you feel more happy with, that you feel more comfortable in. So you get your guy and you pick up a guy like Cam Reddish or a guy like Romeo Langford. So what would be the fallout? You've now at this point swapped two for four, and then you get the Kings 2023 unprotected pick and a stacked 2023 NBA class. The 2023 NBA class draft class is incredible. It is headlined by one specific target. It reminds me a lot of last year. Last year's draft class was incredible. While Kate Cunningham was the prize, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, these are all, Franz Wagner, these are all very good consolation prizes. The 2023 class has that. It has that big ticket item of Victor Wimbignana, but has a lot of good consolation prizes. The Kings are in win-now mode. So whether they fall on their face or not, they're going to be somewhere in the range of what that Clippers pick was this year. Either they make the play-in and they advance to the playoffs and it's an outside lottery pick where the Pelicans were and where the Pelicans are this year. Or, it's where the Clippers pick is. They go to the play-in and they lose. I think with with how the Kings are trying to win now from the get-go and what they're how they're trying to you know, push all in, I don't. I, I think that they're that they're. You know, the best case scenario slot for the Thunder for that Kings pick in twenty twenty three would be where they were this year, which is three back from four, so seven. And the seventh overall pick has a thirty two a thirty seven percent chance at the top four option and a nine percent chance at number one option, the only number one slot. I got news for you. No one is trading. Victor Wimbignana. Nobody is. Doesn't matter who wins the lottery. Doesn't matter what their roster construction is. Doesn't matter who they have, don't have, who their GM is, who their coach is, who their star players are. Doesn't matter. Whoever wins the lottery next year is going to go get Victor Wimbignana, and they're not going to trade him. They're just not. And many believe that this season... If you don't start out hot and you own your own pick, the tanking that goes on will be embarrassing for the league to go get Victor Wembanyama. And the Thunder have tried to shamelessly tank over the last two seasons. They're not the only team that does it. So don't. So before you start type type typing in the comments and saying how dare you, how dare you, other teams tank too. Yeah, other teams have tanked too. But so have the Thunder, right? They've been tanking. Look at those lineups from the last couple of, of months of this season. They've been tanking too. And as they try to tank as they, for two seasons, even la- even even the Al Horford year, when they didn't have as much talent as they had this year, and they didn't have as, as much talent on that, se- as not, on that team as they will next year's team, they couldn't finish in the bottom three. 
they could not get to their bottom three goal. So with this team making selections at hypothetically four, 12, 30, and 34, how are they going to bottom out and be a bottom three team? Especially if under this hypothetical scenario, Sam Presti trades from two to four and gets who he views is the number one player in this draft. And are you going to agree that we can defer to Sam Presti and whoever his number one player is, is a dang good player. So how are you going to get to bottom three? How are you going to give yourself that 14% chance at Victor Wimbanyana? Because you easily could finish the season and have that Kings pick, which seems so luxurious, and be sitting at 6-12. and 12. Six and seven. You easily could be doing that. And just as teams are not going to trade away Victor Wimbanyana, I don't think they're going to trade away Scoot Henderson. I don't think they're going to trade away these top guys in this draft. So your one dice roll, your one ping pong ball bounce away from going back from two to four and being left holding the bag. And from a player aspect, who's the guy? Is it Shaden Sharp or Jay Nivey? Shaden Sharp, this mystery player that uh, wouldn't go to practices at Kentucky and wouldn't play at Kentucky and was only ever played in high school and uh, of that ilk in the AAU circuits. And scouts question how much he truly wants to compete. And he's got an entire team of agents and uh, people in his ear that you have to appease. It's clear, right? It's clear that, You're not working with Shaden Sharp. You're working with Shaden Sharp and company. He's a brand. He's he's an entity. So you're going to take that on with all the question marks around him as a basketball player. Or they're going to go with Jaden Ivey, who's another ball-dominant guard. That's an ISO bucket and is compared to John Morant by some people, but I've heard concerns over his ability to work together with others, specifically ball-handling players, a la SGA and Josh Giddy. Again, it's clear if this were to happen, Sam Presti would view one of those two players as the very best player in this draft. But finding out which one's the right pick gets a lot harder at four between those two versus at two when you can factor in one of Jabari Smith Jr. and Chet Holmgren with Parliament Carroll, with Jaden Ivey, with the others. So it's hard. And there's a lot of things you have to worry about once you move down. Especially the fact that it's not as though the Kings next year are going to win eight games and be the worst team in the league. So coming up, let's talk about the fallout on the court and the fallout in the national media and national perspective on what the Thunder are doing. But first, I want to tell you right now about good friends over at Truebill. Folks, Truebill is incredible. If you want to know why free trials are new without your consent, it's a business scam out to get you. So do not let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control over your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So you do not have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over 
$100 million. Like Matthew B, who says, quote, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 on my uh, drug TV bill for the year. I saved $120 on my SiriusXM bill for the year and saved $840 on my car insurance, end quote. So do not fall for subscription scams any longer. Start canceling today at Trubo.com slash LockedOnMBA. Go right now, Trubo.com slash LockedOnMBA. You could save thousands of dollars a year by visiting Trubill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we are continuing the fallout of what would happen if the Thunder did trade down from two to four. For your next listen, go check out the Locked In NBA podcast for the national perspective on everything happening in the postseason, plus the offseason, trade rumors, draft rumors, everything you need from a national standpoint is there for you. Locked in NBA. Do not forget, very special podcast coming out tomorrow, which will feature Antonio Daniels, uh, former Thunder pre- and post-game show host, current Pelicans color commentator, and, of course, a top-four overall pick in his NBA career, so he can give a lot of insight on what it's like in this process right now and how his process back then is different from what players deal with today so it'll be a lot of fun great conversation make sure you tune in tomorrow subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode now let's continue on talking about this fit let's just say it's Jaden Ivey because that's what we've heard we've heard uh Jaden Ivey from Henry Abbott we've heard Jaden Ivey from the King's side of things so let's just say for the sake of argument it's Jaden Ivey the number one fallout and most intimate fallout, immediate fallout, would be Lou Dort cannot start. Unless you plan on starting SGA, Josh Giddy, Jaden Ivey, and Lou Dort together. That's four of your five starters. And having Josh Giddy, who is tall, but Josh Giddy playing the four in the NBA, he just can't, there's no starting lineup spot for him. And you're not taking it, you're not trading away the second overall pick to take Jaden Ivey at four and not start him. So Lou Dort enters his contract year where after this season, he's an unrestricted free agent can go anywhere in the world and the thunder have no say coming. He's coming off the bench in a contract year. What does he want to resign this offseason knowing he's a bench player or does he want to test the market and see, Hey, can I catch on with a group that's going to go contend for a title next year and want me to start for them? Does he become disgruntled as it seems like the games passed him by in OKC? 
At that point, trading Lou Dort is more of an option on the table than we'd want to believe. Because at that point, it'd come down to just, is Lou Dort comfortable? Is he comfortable coming off the bench? Is he comfortable um, for the future of his NBA career? Right, because it's not like the Thunder would just sign him to a one-year deal. They'd, if they were going to re-sign him, they'd re-sign him to you know three, four years. Does he feel comfortable for that timeline being a backup? Maybe a spot starter. But how can you give him that starting lineup, barring injuries, if you have SGA, Giddy, and Ivy? Whenever you're actually trying to win and compete. Now, there's going to be wacky lineups throughout this next season, and sure, we're going to see that lineup next season if this actually were to come to fruition and he was still on the team. But day in, day out, that, that can't be your starting lineup. As much as we all love the positionless basketball, and I'm a big positionless basketball believer, you're not going to put Josh Giddy at the four, I, I don't believe. So that's a big deal for the immediate fallout on actual draft night. Now, past draft night, would you trade SGA at that point? Now, you wouldn't trade him on draft night, I don't, I don't believe. You probably wouldn't even trade him this offseason, I don't believe. But you're heading into next offseason, and there's fit questions already between him and Giddy, which we think might have been solved, but their best game was the first game after the All-Star break. We have not seen them play together since. We think that they've been solved, but we still don't know for a fact. And now you're adding in a third wrinkle. That's a big difference here. Let's say that the Magic are deking us all out, and they're going to take Chet. You'd be giving up the right to take Jabari Smith Jr. at two, who is a seamless fit next to two creators. In favor of adding a third creator who throws another wrinkle into the pot of two guys who are already struggling to find their way. And I say struggling not in a bad way, right? The, the struggling oftentimes has a bad connotation, but they're just growing together. And it's going to be great times. It's going to be low times. The bottom line is so far... They've both excelled without each other. They haven't excelled with each other too often. So they got to figure that out. And I think that they will. I think that they will. In a vacuum, just if you if you force Josh Giddy and SGA to play together the next five years, I think that they'd figure it out. Because they're two great players and they're too, they're too talented to not figure it out. That's what I believe. But if you throw that third wrinkle in, then what happens? So again, probably not on draft night, probably not this offseason, but with fit questions and time running out on that five-year deal, how does this all play out? Because as the noise gets heightened on the outside and more people get to SGA saying, hey, you know, you this is a player's league. You could demand a trade. You know, your style's cramped on the court now. Now you're having to share the ball with three other ball-dominant guys. Why not request a trade to this team who's closer to competing but needs that ball-dominant ISO score? What's What gives on why they drafted a guy who mirrors you so well, who mirrors you you know, to this extent. The chatter becomes louder because again, you've got five years. You cannot bank on SGA re-upping past his five-year extension because history shows us nobody will. That's what history shows us. Now, I hope every night that SGA plays his entire career, sands his rookie season in OKC. He is one of my he is one of if not my favorite players to watch in the NBA. I love watching SGA play. I hope his career finishes in OKC. And it's a long, luxurious one. But again, history tells us we if you're planning for SGA to be on your team, you can only plan for these five years that he's locked in for. 
So you've got to win these five years if you want to win with SGA. And would would drafting Jay Nivey slash Shaden Sharp fit into that five-year window? Maybe it would. Maybe Sam Presti's talked to SGA and has taken SGA's kind of input on this. And SGA says, look, let's let's go get let's go get Jaden Ivy. I'll play more off ball. Giddy can set us both up. And uh and then and then Jaden Ivy can you know finish the rest, right? But that's the thing. From a fit aspect, you have five years left of Josh Giddy, eight years left. I mean, I should say five years left of SGA, eight years left of Josh Giddy, and then nine years with whoever you draft, either Ivy or Sharp. You're looking at another year of tanking, so that's now down to four years left of Josh Giddy, seven years left of Josh, uh, seven years left of Josh Giddy, four years left of SGA, and eight years left of whoever you pick it for. And I just want to say this: Can Jaden Ivy play off ball? Sure. Can SGA play off ball? Sure. Can all three of them fit together? Sure. But what are they best at? What are they the best at doing? There's only one ball. If you're taking away what SGA's best at or limiting what Jay Ivey's best at, how can they make each other better? How can they fit together in that sense? And then how long will it take for Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp, who, by the way, is a teenager and hasn't played at a higher level in high school, to compete and be ready to go to big stage and go to the NBA playoffs and play in the NBA playoffs? How long does that take in terms of your five-year window with SGA? That's what you're deciding between. That's what you're looking for if you're the Thunder. And that would be a very difficult decision. Not to mention the last piece of fallout, which does not matter at all, but does matter to us selfishly the social media and fan base backlash and chatter. When the Woj tweet hit of Sam trades two for four, whenever that hits, if that does hit, and you see that Sam Presti picks another, you know, gets up another first round pick, the backlash will be insane. Oh, Sam Presti's a sicko. He just loves first round picks. He should be ashamed of himself. Look at him tanking again, even after getting lottery luck. Some fans would be mad. Some fans thought this was over in terms of tanking, but I try to tell you it's not going to end until the earliest of 2023. You know, all for a sliver percent chance of Victor Wimbignano. And of course, the other great players in the 2023 class. Fans would be fighting for their life on the, on the backlash on social media. Fighting for their life. And then some fans would view it as getting the football pulled out from under them because it's, it's kicking the can down the road. And then most fans would view this scenario as just throw your hands up and say, well, trust in Presti. He knows more than we do. He's, he's the GM. We're not. So just trust him, which of course is just a, a cop out to not have basketball discourse, which if we're going to do that, let's just never talk about the thunder ever. Cause then that'd mean the thunder can make zero wrong moves, but in general, what the fan base feels, what I feel doesn't matter. It's what Sam Presti wants to do. And if this is the realm that he chooses, if this is the route he goes, it provides a lot more questions than answers. It provides a lot more questions than answers. So let me know how you feel if they trade down for Jay Ivey. While he's a great player, how does that fit look for OKC? How do you think the Thunder should approach draft night? Do you think this hypothetical trade will fall through come draft night? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles, comment section on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. And until tomorrow, whenever we have Antonio Daniels join the podcast, be good and be good to one another.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 